Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Claude here. I wanted to share a couple pastoral reflections on the presidential election. Uh, this thing that happened last week, you may have heard about it somewhere or read about it on your news feed or have encountered very happy or distraught people in your path over the last uh, several days. So my hope is to give uh, give some handles on how to think and relate to others in a way that's going to honor Jesus, that'll build up his church, and that pursues righteousness. You know, honestly, if it wasn't for our really awesome baptism service last Sunday, I would have definitely spoken to these issues on Sunday, but this will have to do for now. I hope this is helpful, encouraging, edifying, and allows us to, to honor Christ as, as we think about how do we interact and relate and think about a really tumultuous time in, in our country and, and in our city. So I want to start with what's clear. Uh, what is what what's it? What's clear about what we're to do in light of the election as Christians? What's challenging? I want to share a little bit about what this has been like for me on a personal level as a person of color in, in the church that's a, that's a Christian. And then also I want to answer a couple questions that specific people within Redeemer have asked. So let me first start with what's clear. Whether you're excited or saddened by the results of the election, there's a couple really clear things that that are timeless truths from God's word that are actually meant to to help us uh, process and to help keep us grounded in Christ as times change and as leaders change and as cultures change. These things keep us rooted in in Jesus. So the, the first thing, you know, however we voted, however we're feeling about the election and those feelings matter. One of the things that God's word makes clear is that we're to pray for our leaders. Uh, we see this in first Timothy, uh, two, one and two, right? Uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people, for Kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So we need to be praying for our leaders, praying for president elect Trump, um, Second, uh, God's word makes clear whether we're excited or saddened by the results of the election that we're to honor our leaders. First Peter two, seventeen, honor everyone, uh, love the, the brotherhood, sisterhood, fear God, honor the emperor. You know, what's interesting about this verse is, is that Peter is writing to, to Christians who are, who are dispersed, uh, throughout, uh, the region, uh, of, of Asia minor. And some of them are, you know, even many of them are, are dealing with rulers who are persecuting, harming them, causing violence and damage to their livelihood. And he calls them to, to honor everyone, to fear God, to love the church and to honor their rulers. Now, honor uh, doesn't mean blanket endorsement, but rather it means a posture of respect. So this means when we're critiquing uh, leaders for where they are off uh, according to uh, what is just and what is in, in step with God's standards, or maybe even just off according to our convictions, we critique freely, but but we do so with with respect. Uh, respect, right? Honor means we respect the office enough to call out what is wrong, and we respect and honor the office enough to acknowledge what is good. So honor doesn't mean overlooking the faults of an official. Uh, it, it it doesn't mean you know covering up, uh, things just say, well, just honor, just be respectful, be respectful. No, it just means whether we're critiquing, uh, or celebrating, uh, or honoring, we do it all in a, in a, in a posture of, uh, of respect. Um, honor doesn't overlook the faults because stepping into office doesn't just automatically bestow character on someone. So, so we want to honor and critique. We want to honor, um, 
in in praise in in, in so far as we we can the the next thing that that is clear uh according to god's word for us is that Jesus reigns and rules over all things, whether we're excited or saddened by the results of the election. Hebrews 1, 4 says he upholds the universe by the power of his word. And here, here's the thing with this. Because Jesus reigns and rules, we therefore trust him in all things. And then we act in step with the truth of the kingdom. So, so, so a lot of times people will, will hear, oh, God is in control. God is good. Jesus reigns. Jesus is Lord. And they'll hear that truth as if that truth relieves us from action or responsibility. What that truth is meant to do is it's a truth that's meant to relieve us from paralyzing fear so that we can then be propelled into faithful action, knowing that the real ruler of all things, Jesus Christ, is, is with us. And, and so it's a truth that, that doesn't abdicate action. It, it actually advances us into action, right? Because Jesus is on the throne, we act with kingdom obedience and biblical ethics because we're not paralyzed by the fear of other rulers. We honor, we respect, but ultimately our loyalty is not to, to uh, human rulers or, or human parties, but it's to Christ. Um, and so, so, so we recognize that. And, and that never changes um, based on if our candidate is in office or, or not, uh, we, 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 we ride, um, we ride with, with Jesus and, and we act in response to that. Um, love this quote from, uh, Gabriel Salguero, uh, he's a Latino, uh, church leader. Uh, he says this, we need to, um, we need to recognize that yes, Jesus is Lord. And yes, we cannot ignore our continued work of reconciliation, peace, and justice. Right. Jesus is Lord. Therefore, we act in step with his lordship. And then last on the on the points that are, that are clear, what we're clearly called to do is is that uh, we are we're called um, whether we are excited or happy about the the uh, excited or sad about the results of the election. It's clear that our call as Christians remains the same. Right. We're to love God with all our mind, heart, strength. We're to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're to love Christ's church. We're to make disciples. We're to walk humbly with God and seek godly justice in Christ's name. So that's what's clear for us. Now I want to move on to what's challenging. Um, and I'm mostly speaking about these uh, in the context of you know the the American the American church. So one of the things that's, that's challenging for us is that uh, inside the church, many uh, many Christians of color um, are hurting. There's, there's many that are, that are confused or sad, but in, in particular, there's many, many Christians of color that are hurting. And I, and I think it's, it, I think, you know, from my, from my observation perspective, I think it's really around this question. I think this is the, the question that, that is, that is driving, uh, driving a lot of the hurt and, and confusion. And, and it's, and it's like this, it's, you know, how, how, how is it that our Christian brothers and sisters uh, are voting for the very person whose character in racist, misogynistic remarks have left us afraid of the implications of his presidency as pertaining to our well-being. You know, basically, how is it that, that other brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation are, are voting for the person who I am afraid of in terms of policy and presidency when it, when it comes to when it comes to my safety, I think that's what a lot of Christians of color are, uh, are thinking and are feeling. And, and that's based on, you know, exit poll numbers about how, how well president elect Trump did with, with white evangelicals. 
Obviously, exit poll numbers are are not uh, indicative of the full picture, but I think they paint enough of a picture. Um, and also, we have the prime uh, the primary numbers um, that paint enough of a picture as well. And I think what this shows us, what's challenging about these times, is is that this shows us that the American church is still really divided along racial lines and a lot of the talk about racial reconciliation has really just been talk and there actually hasn't really been an understanding and a moving forward in the ways that, that I think even I thought. And, and so a lot of people, a lot of people are hurting in the church, um, as a result. And obviously people outside of the church are, are, are hurting or sad and confused as, as a variety of minority groups legitimately feel, uh, afraid, um, uh, of the implications of uh, Trump's presidency um, because of uh, a group of, of people that have latched on to his rhetoric and have have become emboldened in, in some discrimination that, that we've seen across the country over over the last uh, few days and over his campaign. So so that's one of the challenges here. Um, so how do we move forward with it? One of the things I think we need to do is that as people are hurting in in, in the church, we need to we need to uh, reject our tendency to rush people out of their hurt. We don't need to rush people out of lament, uh, this, this sense of being grieved and sad, um, because you can be grieved and sad and broken and yet still be trusting Christ in that process, right? We don't, we don't pit lament against faith in the goodness and sovereignty of God. You know, one example is I encourage you just look at Psalm 10, look at how it starts, look at how it ends. Those two things, lament and faith, are, are not pitted against each other in the scriptures whatsoever. So we don't want to rush people out of lament. If they're hurting, uh, we, we don't have to scurry them along immediately into, uh, into oh, I'm, I'm not crying anymore. I'm not broken anymore, right? We don't, we don't need to scurry them past that process. What we need to do is we need to seek to understand and ask questions. We want, we want to uh, cultivate empathy with, with those within the church who, who are feeling isolated and hurt and, and, and afraid. You know, so it's asking questions like, I, I really would like to understand your experiences and thoughts more. Can I ask you something? Right. That's, that's one of the things that we, we, we want to step into. Um, you know, there's also people, right? We have many Christians of color who I think are hurting uh, across our country. But we also have many white Christians who don't understand why Christians of color are hurting. And we want to be patient with those folks as well. You know, maybe that's you. Um or maybe that's a friend, or maybe that's your, your, your uncle, your mom, or your dad, or your brother or sister, right? We want to seek to understand them. And then we want to help them along. If that's something that you feel like you have more understanding in, right? Uh, so, so we want to, we want to seek to understand those who are hurting. We also want to be patient with those who don't understand why the people in the pew next to them are hurting, right? We, we want to cultivate empathy. One of the other things that, that, it's going to be a challenge for us is, is to not demonize. Uh, so there may be Christians in, in our church, um, in, in your family, in your circle of friends that did not vote the way you did, right? We, we don't want to start things by demonizing them. We want to try to start by understanding, understanding them, understanding where they're coming from. We want to understand their motivations. Uh, there are a variety of them in voting and their convictions and their positions. We want to understand. So before we, uh, levy a charge of, of some type of ism, we want to understand where they're coming from and then proceed accordingly. Right. So, uh, we want to understand, you know, and did you know how, how this might impact this or how this would affect these people, right? We want to try to understand. And then as we get understanding, then we're able to, uh, be clear and communicate and know where people are coming from and, and hopefully be able to move forward together.
Uh, so, so we want to understand where people are coming from across voting lines and party lines. I want to share a little bit about um, about my my personal experience. I, I will I will say this while um, while I would be lamenting in some some different ways um, if uh, Hillary Clinton had won. Um, I I definitely walk around different uh, through through the neighborhood um, after the election. Um, I. I definitely, I definitely do that, um, and I think that's a result of uh, a segment of of our country that has latched on to uh, President-elect Trump's rhetoric during his campaign, um, and now feel emboldened towards uh, towards racism and, and, and acts of discrimination and and uh, and hate in a way that uh, you know in our country's past they've always been there, but we're we're seeing them surface again, so. So for me personally, you know, things, things are definitely different. Um, I mentioned a sermon two Sundays ago about a couple racialized incidents that I, uh, was one I was in and the other one I was a wit, uh, you know, an observer of. And, and so, so yeah, I definitely feel uh, less safe, um, and am leery of some policy things, um, that, that may come into place that may make me feel less safe as a, uh, person, uh, person of, of color. And so I imagine, um, you know, with, with some of the, the comments and accusations on sexual assault that, that there are other, um, you know, that women may feel that way. Um, and, and Muslims and, and different minority groups, um, you know, the gay community as well. Uh, just, you know, I think people, there are many that are, that are, that are feeling, uh, uh, weary, um, and, and wary. Uh, so, so that's where, that's where I'm at. Um, that that's where I'm at. And so I encourage you if, if you're feeling that way, uh, to, to find someone to talk with, um, that can encourage you. Um, and so that's what I've tried to do with some, some of my buddies. And so if you want to hear more of, you know, my perspective, obviously if feel free to reach out, I would love to come meet with you and, um, and connect and just process together and, and, and talk, talk through things together and how we can honor Christ and, and, uh, and, and move forward through, through kind of a tense time. Uh, so now I want to turn, turn us to a couple questions that people have asked specifically. One of them is this a really good one in light of everything that is going on in our country right now, what are practical steps we can take to be Christ in our community? Really, really good question. I think one of the first things that we can do really practical is regarding our just devotional walk with Jesus is, uh, is, is this, you know, encouragement is we need to feed more on God's word than we do on blogs, newsfeed, buzzfeed, right. Our, our favorite, our favorite things online. Right. I think, uh, if we, if we were feeding more on those things rather than the scriptures, we are going to be uh, angry in a way that's unrighteous, not righteous. We are going to be fearful of what people are going to think about us in a way that is fearing man rather than fearing God. Uh, we're going to become cynical in a way that's not in step with the fruit of the spirit. Uh, we're going to become despondent in a way that's not in step with the fact that we're citizens of heaven. Um, we're going to feel like maybe apathetic in a way that's, uh, ungodly because God calls us to engage. Right. So, so I think we need to make sure that our just daily communion with Jesus is, is continuing to happen and that we're, that's happening more than we are taking in just story after story of, uh, of, of just, um, you know, hard things or, or polarizing things. So, uh, you know, John 15, four, according to Jesus, we're only useful and fruitful in so far as we are abiding in him. So taking in God's word, uh, daily 
um, praying, communing with Christ, Christian fellowship, the church, you know, those, those things that, that feed our souls. I think the second practical thing we can do to, to, uh, be, be a light for Christ in our, in our community, um, in these times is to pursue empathy and understanding with friends across different lines, political lines, racial lines, like just, just understanding the other person, right? The person that's not in your shoes, that's not voting how you voting, that's not reacting the way you're reacting. So we want to understand and, and pursue empathy. Christians have the biggest reason to do this because we believe all people are made in the image of God, right? So, so we don't demonize, even though we may vehemently disagree, we can still say that. We can do so in respect and we're going to do so trying to understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, where we disagree, uh, we represent, you know, other person's argument to the fullest in the best way that they would honor, honor and agree with. And, and then we, we engage, but we do so respectfully and first trying to understand. I think the third thing we can do to be uh, Christ in our community is to, um, is to, to take serious the command to love God, to love our neighbors. Part of the way we do that is to understand uh, God's heart for justice. Um, you know, this is the beauty of knowing the scriptures well. If we know the biblical story from front to back, if we are, we know, um, you know, Exodus and Deuteronomy and uh, the the five books uh, of, of the Bible, the Pentateuch, then, then we see that God's heart for justice is very strong. And we also know what that means and what that doesn't mean. And we're able to know how to engage and what that looks like and how much justice we can do just by being good neighbors um, and engage in our neighborhood. So, so I think trying to understand God's heart for justice um, can help us as well. Other question is how do we empathize with those who fear, uh, have fears about Trump's presidency while calling people to put their hope in God. We spoke to this a little bit, but first start with empathy. Um, you know, first Corinthians 12, I think it's 26, one by one part of the body hurts. Um, the others hurt as well. That's a Claude translation also called Romans weep with those who weep. Uh, so we want to start with empathy. We want to start with hearing and understanding, right? We, we don't need to, uh, immediately rush people from, uh, being fearful to, okay, no more fear now. Trust, trust Jesus, right? We, we wouldn't do that with somebody who had just lost a loved one. We would weep with them first. And then, you know, down the line, we continue to encourage them with the hope and trust in God's goodness. So, so we want to start with empathy. We also want to show those people, um, how and why, uh, hope in Christ comforts us in our fears and actually compels us to action in a unique way. You know how God is actually calling us to be participants and workers in the kingdom of God, breaking into the present. So we want to show them how how putting hope in God about the things that they're fearful for and about is not just a passive hope, but it's a hope that that leads to action that that can affect uh, uh, change that will make our neighborhoods better and um, and more of a picture of uh, the kingdom of heaven as we as we seek to care for one another. Uh, the last question was uh, this regarding uh, social media. How, how do we engage well on social media during the current political situation? Yeah, you know, you might need to stay off social media. You might need to stay off that, that news feed. Um, it, you know, you ask the question, is all, all the articles, the, pol the polarization, the back and forth, is it increasing your affection for Jesus and your love for other people? And if it's like, man, this really is not then, then you may need to stay off that thing. Now, if, uh, you're only on, uh, Facebook or social media for, uh, NBA memes and, you know, um, books, 
recipes, artwork, like you may, you may not see any of this stuff, or maybe you unfollowed all the people that, that are, that are saying these things and, you know, you can disregard this, but if it's actually kind of draining your, your soul, it's making you increasingly fearful of what people are going to think of you. It's making you angry at, look at these people. They're so stupid. How could they do this? Right. You, you might need to scale it back. You might need to stay off. I think the second thing for engaging well on social media is, you know, it's always better in, uh, in person than online. Uh, so, so that's one thing to consider. Uh, I think it's also helpful, though. There's sometimes that engaging on social media actually leads to meaningful in-person conversations or conversation on the phone. So, so I think you know you want to use uh, discernment and, and think about you know questions like: Is this going to help lead to a useful conversation? Um, is what I'm going to share going to lead me to be misunderstood? Uh, is this the right audience or context? Is this going to bring about? Um, is this going to bring about you know a dialogue or controversy that's not helpful? There's some controversy that is helpful, uh, but is this going to be unhelpful? Uh, is this, am I going to be embarrassed about this when I look back at this in 12 hours? Um, you know, is, you know, is my tone, is my motive right? I think those are some of the questions uh, to ask. So, I don't know. Some of it depends. If it's really stressing you out, it might, it might be, it might be better for your health to to not engage. So, um, yeah. Those, those are my thoughts. I wanted to keep this short and sweet. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it's helpful. Um, if you want to talk further, please reach out. would love to do that. Um, we're going to talk with your GC leaders. Um, and I'll post some resources you can look at that can maybe help you process through some of these things a little bit further. Um, and, and our hope is that our church um, w- would be unified around Christ and that we would speak openly about these issues because we're, we're grounded in the gospel and we would understand one another. We would understand the other and we would be as faithful to uh, to Christ as, as we can according according to his word. So I hope this is encouraging for you guys. Um, love you all. Just thankful, excited to follow Jesus together. Take care. Peace.